Waveform Magazine is a free print publication that focuses on synthesizers and those who inhabit that world. Issue number one is due out in April 2019 and features interviews with Suzanne Ciani, Dave Smith, Folk Tech, with articles written by DivKid, Abe from AI Synthesis, and more. There are also plenty of gear reviews, music reviews, and a shop talk section where we get to know about those who run our beloved synth shops. Sign up for your free subscription at www.waveformmagazine.com and follow them on Instagram. Today's show is brought to you by Patchworks, our lovely local synth shop here in Seattle. Um, and if you don't live in Seattle, it can be your lovely online web store for all of your modular needs. Uh, they focus on community very, very heavily. Uh, they do a lot of uh, product demos with different uh, manufacturers coming through town, and they host uh, live shows sometimes, and they have a, uh, a monthly soldering night where you can go in and practice your uh, your soldering skills with uh, with a skilled professional. Um, yeah, they're just uh, such a staple of our community. So if you would like to support an awesome shop and uh, you live in a town without a shop, please go to patchworks.com. That's P-A-T-C-H-W-E-R-K-S.com. Today's episode is also brought to you by After Later Audio. Um, right now you hear their nano rings plunking away in the background and uh, I'm going to show you um, what you can do with some effects using the AI 006 stomp box so I've got the even output going into one stomp box adapter and then the odd output going into another stomp box adapter so let's bring up one of those really quick this output is going into a phantom operator from recovery effects which is like a, a modulation filter pedal and then uh, from there into the afterneath from earthquaker devices and then i've got the other stomp box adapter going out into uh, a transmitter from earthquaker devices so let's bring that up in the mix Now, I'm not going to do a full demo of this because it's not released yet, but I have one and I've been messing around with it. So I'm going to use the tree sequential switch from Mystic Circuits. Um, I basically just took a bunch of the outputs from that and fed it into all of the inputs for the nano rings. So let's get that going and see what happens. plug another input into a plus four input on it which won't make much sense but you'll hear a difference and i will be doing a, a more fully fleshed out demo once the product is released the phantom operator from recovery effects is uh, super fun and i'm going to engage the self-oscillating mode or self-modulating mode there's a speed knob on that. So yeah, just a quick little demo to show off the nano rings from After Later Audio, the Stompbox adapter from AI Synthesis, the Phantom Operator from Recovery Effects, the Afterneath and Transmitter from Earthquaker Devices. 
Um, yeah, and a fully fleshed out demo of Tree Sequential Switch from Mystic Circuits will be coming next week. So be sure to check out all these lovely, lovely developers. And thank you so much for sponsoring the show. Pod Mod Bods, welcome back to another episode of Podular Modcast. Today's episode is uh, is pretty pretty special to me. Um, I've been wanting to do a live podcast for a long time, and I did do one with Eli from Mystic Circuits, but that was more of like a, a demo, a Q and A, um, which was a lot of fun. Um, but this was this one was a little bit more of what I had in mind as far as getting guests and doing some live patch challenges. And I wasn't sure how it was going to go, and I think it went really well. I can't thank Joey from uh, Disco Obscura enough for hosting. This record shop was, it's just, it's like my dream record shop. It's just a bunch of cool electronic music, and it's also a label. Like So all the stuff that Disco Obscura releases is there, and Joey spares no expense um, on getting high-quality packaging and design, and he's just really got a tight ship. So please go check out Disco Obscura stuff on Bandcamp or their website, and if you're going down to New Orleans, make sure that you head over there. I think it's the Garden District is the area that the shop's in. Um, it was my favorite area of town. And uh, yeah, please support them because uh, they're doing really, really cool stuff. And um, he's hoping to have some synth meets down there. So if you're in the area and you're a synth enthusiast, enthusiast, <laughs> enthusiast, uh, get a hold of him and uh, get in on it because I could see a cool scene starting down there. I also really want to thank my guests, John McCoy, Brian Danis, and Hank Yates for uh, for helping me find Disco Obscura as a venue and find each other and just coordinate this whole thing. It took a few months of lots of emails and uh, it couldn't have worked out better and uh, I just got to tip my hat to the bravery of coming and doing a live patch challenge in front of people that you don't know in a public setting. That's uh, that's pretty brave. And I can tell you in all honesty, I, I was kind of expecting, I didn't expect bad patches, of course. I knew they would all be good, but I was, I was blown away uh, of how good they were. Like, I'm actually going to release all of the patches that we did as a little uh, EP here pretty soon because they just turned out so well. And I did a patch as well, but I didn't do the patch challenge with it being timed. But we'll talk about that later in the episode. So this song that you hear fading out right now is uh, called Jungle of Wires, and it's by an artist called Phase Island, F-A-Z-E. It's a release from uh, Disco Obscura, and I just want to take a minute to uh, just play a couple snippets from some of the stuff that I picked up down there. I got a few uh, cassette tapes and some some vinyl records, um, and yeah, all the stuff they release is great. Uh, This track is called Fear the Night by Pink Fink. This song fading up right now is actually from the the latest release on Disco Obscura. Uh, we talk a little bit about it in the podcast. It's called Poetry in Lotion by Billy Lotion. <laughs> it's a, that's a great name. Um, and uh, we'll just ride this out for the rest of the intro here. 
Don't forget to go to uh, Disco Obscura's Bandcamp or their website if you want to order, uh, you know, T-shirts, vinyl, or whatever. Uh, a lot of cool stuff. All right, before we get into the episode, let's do the community connections uh, section here. Um, this is from North Coast Modular Collective. Just listening to the new episode of the show and wondered if you might want to give our meetup a shout. We are on track to hold public meetups every two to three months in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Uh, we just had our largest event in January with over 50 people attending, and we are actively planning for our next event in March. Uh, more information can be found at their website at www.northcoastmodularcollective.com. Um, I also want to give a shout out to uh, Drug Machines podcast. Um, they reached out uh, because they're, they're trying to find some people in the New York area uh, who who are doing some modular stuff, and they would love to meet you and maybe even uh, have you on their show. I'm I can't promise that, but uh, on on um, Instagram it's just Drug Machines, so go check that out. And I just listened to one of their uh, episodes with a guest named Smomid S M O M I D, and I am actually playing a show with him in Seattle in March uh, with Josh Limanjaya Lim from. Um, uh, modular on the spot Seattle so I'd appreciate you guys uh, coming and checking that out if you're in town and that will be uh, Sunday March 10th at 8p- 8 p.m. at uh, High Dive which I've played the High Dive in my old pop punk band I played uh, my old iteration of electronic music before uh, modular and this will be my first time returning as a modular artist so I'm looking forward to that it's an excellent sound system um, it's a really cool place so Again, Sunday, March 10th, 8 p.m., if you're in the Seattle area. All right. Well, for those who don't know me, I think everybody in the room does, but I'll just start really quick. I'm Tim Held uh, from Seattle, and I host a show called The Podular Modcast, which is all about modular synthesis, and these are all modular synthesizers. Um, And uh, I want to thank everybody in the room um, who helped me get this going, and Joey for having for hosting us. This is such a cool shop. Um, as my wife and best friend who are here know, uh, DIY labels and record shops are like my two favorite things in the world, aside from modular synthesis now. Um, so the fact that a record shop is also a record label and one that puts out music that I'm really into is just, I don't know, I'm super excited about that. Um, so thank you all for joining me and for the opportunity and, uh, let's get to know Joey and, uh, hear a little bit about the shop and the label. So yeah, thanks again, dude. I want to know what came first, the label or the shop, and how did that, how did that, how did this happen? Uh, the label came first. Um, it was actually a DJ night first before a label at The Saint, which is like a block away. Um, my friend bought it after Katrina and wanted to do late night dance parties there, turn it into like more of a dance spot. And so he asked me to like come up with a DJ night, and I wanted to do a lot of dark disco stuff, and I, but I didn't want to call the night dark disco or something. <laughs> <laughs> so I just came up with uh, Disco Obscura, uh, which I felt fit the kind of vibe I was kind of going for, and it has kind of you can you know multiple interpretations. You know, I play a lot of obscure stuff, so you know, uh, Obscura is Latin for obscure, and then. Uh, uh, you know, dark too. So, um, I thought it fit, uh, the vibe I was going for, but then from there, um, it kind of started as a label, 
grew into as a label where uh, we were sending our music off to other labels and not really getting any kind of response. And so I kind of saw everything moving towards people just putting their own stuff out anyway. And so I just started thinking more long term and decided to do our own label. And just even though I knew it was going to be like a long, arduous process, (laughs) (laughs) I felt like for the long term it was best for us because I knew we weren't going to stop making music anytime soon. Um, And then, you know, I don't know. I get started doing the record shop and or the record label in 2000. The DJ night was in 2009. The record label started in 2012 was our first release. And then, uh, and actually the, our first release was released on the day where, uh, it was supposed to be the end of the world, according to the Mayan calendar. Oh, nice. so, <laughs> I felt like that was a good day to kind of start the label. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, the, you know, shop opened in 2014. Um, and then, yeah, that kind of just kind of happened. I was looking for a space for a really long time. And then I came across this spot and, uh, uh, you know, when I kind of just did it as almost like a promotion for the label. Like, it was like, you know, having a shop brings people in and, you know, I felt like it was a good move for the label and just supporting, the uh, music that I like that doesn't really have much of a platform mm-hmm. in the States, especially. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, not always been a really big demand for that kind of music, like minimal synth, cold wave stuff. Um, it's always been like kind of uh, an audience for that in uh, the Europe. So I thought, thought that would be a good idea to kind of support a lot of my friends because, you know, like survive you know now they're like huge and big and Mm -hmm. you know everyone knows them for stranger things but for years before that you know we kind of they're like one of the few labels like holodeck that were in the south doing this kind of thing and so we kind of gravitated toward each other and started playing shows going there they would come here and like supporting you know like in the beginning i was trying to push those that first survive record and i was selling it in the shop for like 15 bucks Uh and no one was buying it yeah (laughs) and then as soon as stranger things came out i was like sold out and they were selling for like a hundred dollars on discogs and stuff yeah okay but um it's you know that's kind of like what the shop's about is like you know promoting and creating a demand and a scene for this kind of music yeah that's kind of been under the radar for a really long time especially Mm -hmm. in the states so yeah yeah Yeah, it's it's cool to like you mentioned holodeck like there's definitely like a holodeck sound and i feel like you guys have your sound too like going through the releases in the last few weeks there's definitely i can hear like what you like to um like curate like this is the stuff that you like and i started i have a little digital label and i just mostly do that because i just yeah i want to curate like what my taste is so like it's cool to that's just one of my favorite aspects of the whole diy thing and i really like the the vibe you guys have um and you Thanks. you release a lot of your stuff with a, a partner as well on, yeah. on the label yeah mike uh mike mayfield he's we've been making music together for almost 20 years now and uh you know we decided just to do it ourselves and in the beginning we kind of like went into it as like a partnership business-wise as far as like you mm-hmm. know we'd each put up equal shares of whatever it took to get the record done um and split it but then you know Actually, wasn't it like the first few releases were just cassettes, and so we just put up, you know, split it all equally. But then after a while, it became, you know, quickly realized that like 
dealing with all the shipping and everything like that. Mike just didn't have the time for it. Yeah. And so, you know, I did. So I kind of took over everything and he's, he was fine. Like, you know, he has his own business and family, so that's enough for him. And yeah. so I kind of, this is my family. My yeah. little, this is my kid. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, like, uh, I do all that stuff now and then, you know, he's helps out a lot we like you know have a studio and he does a lot of stuff on the production end like Mm -hmm. in the in the studio you know um mixing and recording um and you know i do a little bit of that too but like he you know uh handles a lot on that end but not when it comes to the shop and the label i kind of take care of everything okay like when it comes to like you know manufacturing and shipping Mm -hmm. and you know a lot of the concepts you know mike like for you know, his project, Phase Island, that's like one of his side projects, you know, he did the artwork for that record. You yeah, know? it so. fits, you should listen or go look at the, the artwork, it fits the sound, it's like a weird like dubby reggae, but all on uh, like uh, analog yeah. synth hardware. So like I'm kind of loose, I try to keep everything flexible, if an artist has an idea for what the kind of art they want, I kind of like go with it, if it like, you know, I th- think it works. Mm. Um but then if they don't they don't have any idea, I'll kind of take care of like coming up with the concept and packaging and all that kind of stuff. And then I always get yeah. their approval, you know, yeah. but um, I kind of like getting different people involved. I don't mm. want to design every album. Yeah. Well, you got to run a <laughs> shop and a label and yeah. then make your own music. So, yeah, it's, it's a lot. nice. I don't know. I feel like you can get kind of stuck in a rut and like, you know, if you have the same person designing everything you do, it all kind of comes takes a similar look and I don't want it to be that way yeah you know? yeah that template kind of mm-hmm. look to it um so yeah um i try to like get i work with different artists all over the country and world that like will you know put out our uh, some good art you know mainly eric adrian lee he does a lot of stuff for death waltz um, oh, okay cool. yeah and then uh john lorenzo he uh is a really great designer um and he's like silent m he like performs the dark wave project um and he lives in new york and he does a lot of really he does like more like sophisticated really sleek stuff so it's like it just depends on the like you know uh record and what the vibe yeah. i'm going for i know exactly what artist i'm gonna get on it yeah you know like for the last release the billy lotion thing it's an italo record and it's uh you know a brian ellis project he plays since for egyptian lover and has a bunch of solo albums uh on uh like modern funk scene um and uh he put out we just put out his like little italo side project and uh i knew i had to get nicole janelli to do it because she's just like gets that style she can do that whole airbrush studio graffiti kind of lime style yeah for the people in the room it's the last one on the top there um that one seems to be it still fits like the like i was talking about like the the curating the sound that you're going for it still fits like what you guys are doing but i i feel like it's probably the biggest departure that i've heard so far yeah i mean the label set up to be six different genres i mean that's why the logo is a hexagon is because each you know okay basically specialize in six genres and that's the genres I want to put music out for. Mm-hmm. I just haven't made it to every genre yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just, that was our first Italo release. We have another Italo release in the works. That's almost done. Um, they're supposed to come out like three years ago, but you know how things go. Yeah. <laughs> it just keeps getting pushed back. Um, but it's going to come out eventually. And then, uh, you know, starting to do some EBM and techno. Um, we did a little bit of EBM with Orchard Toss. It's not really been a full EBM album. It's like, you know, EBM tracks just kind of sprinkled into What is the EBM? Electronic body music. So okay. it's like kind of developed. It came from um, Belgium, I guess, with Front 242, you know. Um, and I guess, I think... <laughs> 
Craftwork coined the term, apparently. Okay. I don't know if okay. that's true, how true that is, <laughs> but yeah. Um, so yeah, it's a very like heavy, uh, dance oriented, um, industrial kind of music. Okay. Um, so yeah, we're like starting to like work on some releases for that and like techno stuff too. But okay. you know, it's just like, it's such a push just to get one record out. That, yeah. Like, how do you, you know, how do you run a shop and the label? That seems like so much work. Like, I guess you get to work on a lot of the, probably yeah. the logistical stuff here. Yeah. While I'm at the shop, but behind the counter, I do a lot of stuff like all like talking to manufacturers and artists and yeah. going back and forth. And like, like while I'm sitting here, I'm never like just sitting here not doing anything. Yeah. You know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, Dealing with customers that, you know, their package hasn't arrived to them yet. It's been six weeks and, you know, going back and forth with people. It's just like nonstop 24-7 job. Yeah. <laughs> I'm curious of, of um, you know, New Orleans is very well known as a music town, but it's it's very, you know, it has its thing, jazz and Dixieland type stuff. And um, coming into the shop the other day, I noticed, like, this is the type of, this, like, I, I would have a very similar, like, selection if I had my own record shop, and I don't yeah. find that very often. You've got a lot of really good, obscure electronic stuff, um, and it's working in New Orleans, so there's, there is a scene here, and how does that, how does that play into what's going on, like, in the, I guess, the more touristy area? Is it, is, is the electronic thing kind of breaking into that, or is it, is it a side thing, and well, I guess what's the scene like here as far as electronic goes? Yeah, it's kind of a side thing. I feel like we're at the point where, like, you know, we're getting some momentum and, like, a lot of people are, like, getting tired of trying to live in New York and L.A. and yeah. San Francisco. And so we're getting a lot of, like, you know, really cool artists that are starting to move here. And I think we're, you know, it's just, like, kind of getting everybody together. With our crazy schedules, it's hard to kind of get everyone together and start playing shows. And um, But I feel like we're not too far off from actually having, like, a little scene here for that kind of thing. Yeah. You know, it's, start, it's slowly starting to... There's, like, a few... Like, you know, everyone's doing their little thing in their own little bubbles, but it's only a matter of time. I've, like, been talking to people to hear that, you know, we're, when, you know, going to start doing bigger shows and, like, mm -hmm. you know, together um, and trying to do... Well, stuff a little bit more often. We do our weekly night dark rotations at Bud Rips, and it's all like post-punk, cold wave, death rock stuff. Oh, okay. And that's weekly. And it's okay. like, you know, so a lot of people that are into that kind of music, that's kind of like a spot for us to kind of like just hang out and like yeah. talk about music. And a lot of those people that have moved here that are artists doing that kind of music, they come and like, you know, you know, everyone has a million things going on. So it's going to, sooner or later it'll happen, but it's very, you know, to the traditional stuff, it's very off to the side, you know? Yeah. Um, but you know, there's other places like techno club. They do techno every Friday and Saturday and they have a really great system. And, you know, there's definitely more, I really like that spot because if you go there, um, everyone's there for the music, you know, yeah. where it's like other places where a DJ, like at the Saint, you know, it's super fun and great, but like most of the people there are just, want to get fucked up and like hook up <laughs> yeah, you know, that's like yeah, yeah reason for being there um there's a lot of people that go there for the music too but i feel like at techno club it's just like everyone's just like there for the music they're like all just like super hardcore passionate heads that like yeah. hang out there every weekend so yeah but, it seems um, like it's those those nights that that will start unifying the bubbles like that was in, the same thing in seattle there's definitely a lot of electronic music and a lot of different types and it was very fragmented for a long time and it seems like since po um, modular has gotten a little more popular everybody's kind of dabbling in that and it really, our scene in Seattle just over the last year has really like coalesced and become like one big thing. And it's, uh, it's yeah, I mean, exciting to see that. Do here, you know, like doing stuff like this here mm -hmm. you know, at the shop, like where we do, do a synth club night here where guys and 
you know, girls in town that are into this kind of stuff get together and, uh, uh, you know, you know, just share, like check out each other's gear and like share knowledge. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. You know, stuff like that. I feel like I want to make the shop more of a hub for that kind of thing, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and just, I'd never really had the time to do it before. Cause I had another job. I worked at waxwork records. And so for a long time I had to, that was like my full-time job on top of doing the shop and, now that I'm like just doing this full time, I have more time to like really get into like these kind of events. And, uh, you know, this is like kind of how I always envisioned the shop and wanted to, you know, do stuff like this. So, right on. Yeah. It's great. Uh, having you here and being able to do it. So, yeah, dude. Yeah. Thanks. This, this has been awesome. And, uh, I think, uh, do you have, do you have any parting words before we uh, move on to taking some suggestions from the audience and talking to one of these, these, uh, brave patchers that are going to come I up? I mean, I don't know if anyone has any questions I can like, yeah. Anybody uh, audience questions? It's okay. If you don't concerns, <laughs> observations, <laughs> <laughs> right on. Well, thanks for, uh, hosting and thanks for uh, giving us a little history and, um, I advise the listener to go check out uh, discoobscura.com, right? Yep. And on the band camp, you can order yep. all the stuff through there. And if you're in, uh, if you make your way down to New Orleans, come and check it out. So, yeah, please do. Yeah, thanks. So, I'll be here. <laughs> so who's up? Who wants to go first out of our brave patches? Hank? Yeah, you're standing there. Hank's standing there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and before we get into chatting with, uh, with Hank, I want one of you guys to start patching. Um, from an audience suggestion. So I need, what we're going to do is take an audience suggestion of an adjective and a noun, and then um, one of these guys is going to put their headphones on and start building a patch so you can watch them build while we're chatting. And at the end, we're all going to go around and play our patches from our audience suggestions. So who's got an adjective? Don't be shy. Slippery. Slippery. Okay. That's a good one. We need a noun. (laughs) What's that? Slippery pasta? <laughs> John, you want to do slippery pasta? Yeah. <laughs> All right. I wish you the best, buddy. <laughs> and uh, we'll check on you in 15 minutes. So, Hank Yates. Yes. And you go by? Mousy Magazine. Mousy Magazine. Um, try to eat the mic. Okay. There we go. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> um, what's your story, man? What's your <laughs> So right. what are you all about? Um, yeah, so for me, I kind of backed into modular. So my, my background is in, uh, like, uh, my degree is in electrical engineering. And so the electronic and, like, the physical, like, aspect of it and the soldering and all that is kind of how I got into modular sense. And, you know, when, when, you know, whenever I was growing up, I was in bands and, and that sort of thing. And so once Eurorack kind of made it affordable, Right. That like I, I hopped on pretty quickly. And so uh, I started off with actually um, actually as a senior project in college, I built a mono like a little four by four because back then they like it was very early with mono. Uh, but everything was, you know, open source and, you know, and they had these like spark fun um, uh, boards you could buy. And so that was my senior project and school was actually building a four by four mono. And so then eventually, uh, you know, after I, like, I got out of school and started my career, I bought a real monome and it actually sat in my drawer for <laughs> a long time. And so, uh, and somebody encouraged me to, to get a, uh, to get, uh, the, one of the modules that, that came along with it because I also had a Arturia microbrute, which had a patching yeah, section. Yeah. And so I just sequenced it, you know, basically with a, 
um, what are the Eurorack modules, the white whale and the monome. And it, it was, it was kind of all downhill yeah, from, from there. That's how <laughs> like it usually once, goes. <laughs> once, once I got a taste, uh, so yeah, that's that's kind of how I, I got into it's. It was nice to just to kind of be able to make music like end to end, like in the like the full sonic spectrum and drums and all that. Um, because uh, as a musician, I was I was a guitarist, mm -hmm. um, and you know with a guitar, I always needed a drummer. But then, you know, so between the electronics piece and you know being able to kind of do a composition from end to end, um, yeah, it just made a lot of sense for me. So okay, and. Uh, I want you were kind of telling me the story of your performing name and <laughs> right. I, yeah I want to I want to get the the full scoop on that cuz it sounded like a an interesting and kind of uh, maybe a tug on your heartstring story a little bit. Yeah, definitely. Um so uh I I lived in Seattle for, for a couple of years and there's a, I had a buddy that, um, I made music with and it's whenever I was starting to get into modular and we'd, you know, sit around and, and, you know, and hang out and talk and, you know, make music. And, and there was one night where, um, uh, my girlfriend at the time, but who's my wife now that I met in Seattle, um, we, all the three of us were just hanging out and, uh, she, we were making music and, and she could sing and, and but she didn't none of us could do lyrics uh -huh. and so we we grabbed a magazine and she just sang like advertisements out of out of the magazine and uh she kind of had a mousy voice and so my <laughs> buddy like made the joke that like oh we should call this like music project mousy magazine so <clears throat> fast forward like a year or two later he actually died of brain cancer and so as a way to kind of like help his memory live on like I named um I needed you know a name as I started doing modular synth music so I, I named it after you know that that night in the in and it's a way for his memory to kind of like live on okay that's uh yeah that's a, a I don't want to it's hard to call that like a good story but you know what I mean <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> oh it's it's good yeah yeah I, I like that you're uh it's a cool. It's a cool name. I did think you ran a magazine until uh, tonight, <laughs> but <laughs> I should probably quit. Yeah. Um, so, uh, do you have any releases or anything? Or how, how, like, I guess what what is your what do you get out of it? Um, do you do you just like to make music for yourself, or do you like to? Uh, are you are you after an album? Or are you after playing live? Or and what kind of music do you tend to yeah. focus on? Um. So every about I. It, there's one piece of it it's you know there's a lot of pieces in there but one piece of it is definitely escape you know kind of coming in you know you know after work one day and you know and just putting on headphones and just kind of like going off to space as i like to yeah. like um and and that and that, that's kind of where it started and so where it naturally evolved is what i'd do is like i'd record everything and then about every six months i would collect everything up um, listen to it and kind of start cutting away, you know, stuff that I didn't like and just keeping the stuff that I really liked and releasing an EP. And so I have one EP that's uh, out called Words EP on, like, on my band camp. And, um, and there's another one that's actually coming out at the, on my birthday at the end of this month, uh, February 27th. Okay. Um, and that'll be from July of 2018 to December of 2018. I've okay. rounded up about seven songs there. Um, and, <clears throat> and so... But for this, uh, the six months that we're currently in, I, I am working on like an album, like a very intentional uh, album, and which has a story to it. So uh, my mom actually died in November. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, it, it, it was, and it was pretty hard. But as a part of like, I guess like the the grief, a lot of death. Sorry, I, I mean, <laughs> didn't want to bring life. everybody down, but you know, yeah. that's, that's where I'm at. <laughs> And but as a as a part of the grieving process, I actually like wrote a short story um, about 
a space traveler that goes off into space and they find something that's really interesting there. And I wanted to to, be, to compose a soundtrack for uh, my short story. Okay. And so I, I broke it up into kind of seven uh, distinct scenes and like they all have, and so they all have particular like uh, elements to them uh, related to the story. I tried to think of, you know, um, like for example, the, the song that I just did, that they were climbing the mountains, but the gravity was really low. So they were kind of bouncing around. I was trying to think about like, Oh, how does that sound? You know, how would you describe that? So the noun and adjective thing actually totally plays to, okay, to cool. I really enjoy that. And so, um, and so I've been working on that. Uh, I, I finished three of the songs. Um, and I, I've spent a lot of, like, I spent a lot more time. It's a lot more intentional, mm -hmm. like along with, uh, of the composition. And so one of the things that comes out of that though, is, you know, whenever I'm trying to answer that question of like, Oh, what is this? Uh, you know, what is like a Rover Rover roving around on the moon sound like, uh -huh. um, I do what I call studies, you know, uh, the, I kind of got that from the monom community. They have like the grid studies and things like that, where I try to like play around with the patch to, to kind of figure out sonically, like roughly what that is. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and then, you know, post that um, around to, like, Instagram, just little, like, doodles and, and snippets and things like that. And that's, like, basically the pre-work uh, of my escape or whatever that goes feeds into the composition process, like, for the, uh, for the album. Okay. And, and how are you going to have – is it going to be, like um – like a written thing that you read while listening to it, or are you going to do kind of like a, a reading of it and, and then play the, have the music be playing under uh, reading the... I don't know. Okay. Yeah. I, I, I haven't gotten that far. <laughs> so I, I so I wrote it, and then I sent it to a friend of mine who actually like writes fiction like for real, and he was pretty brutal with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, because it turns out writing is really is is there's a, it's a whole craft in and of itself. Mm -hmm. So I'm still going through with revisions of that, and I kind of going back and forth on whether I'm, I'm actually going to put the story out or just keep that for me. Um, and hopefully, if I can get it to where people enjoy reading it, and it's not <laughs> because I sent it to a few people, and they're like, I don't know what's going on. I was like, that's because I'm a bad writer. Yeah. <laughs> like, so. So, well, I mean, we'll, we'll see. It's too, it's unknown. I have a, definitely enough of the story crafted out to compose to. Okay, you know? cool. So it, and at some level, the broad strokes will be there. So you kind of understand, like, you know, what, what our character is trying to do, what the story is trying to do. Okay. So. Yeah, I've actually, I've had, I've had this idea kicking around in my head that I, I, I either want to do something like that where I would, like, I want to talk to family members and just people that I know who have really interesting stories and record the audio of their story and then, like, edit it down and then, like, soundtrack that or write it out. And I even thought, I even thought, like, went into it as much as, like, could I write, like, write a story and then have, like, six different people read it and, like, mm -hmm. tell me how long it took to read, like, each part, take that average and then score to where if you were reading along right. with it, you know? But, like... I would make a weekly podcast. I don't have time to do that shit. <laughs> yeah, that's, that, it's, it's, it's hard time, like timing, like the scoring part of that. So mm -hmm. I'm kind of, uh, you know, that's a craft in and of itself. So I'm more, mostly, um, it's good that I don't actually have to score something because I can just be like, yeah, and we're moving on to the next part right now. <laughs> right on. Well, uh, thanks for joining me. It looks like, uh, looks like John, you, you got it all patched up. That's yeah. it. Cool. Well then, all um, right. do you, uh, Tell, tell the listener and the people in the audience where they can find uh, anything you want them to find as far as your art goes, Instagram, website, Bandcamp. I'm Mousy Magazine on Instagram and Bandcamp, um, and that's where I'm most active is in those two. If you want to 
the releases are all on Bandcamp and you know and oh and I'm on Twitter is is Mousy Magazine. Does as anybody well. use Twitter besides Donald I Trump? Love Twitter. Oh. I love Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Right on. Well, Hank, cool. I really appreciate you coming down. And, uh, yeah, thank thanks you for again. coming down. Yeah. yeah. Um, let's get an adjective and noun suggestion sure. for you, and you can start your patch, and uh, maybe I'll talk to John. So let's get an adjective from the, the audience. Bubbly. Bubbly? Bubbly. Well, so we have slippery and bubbly? No. That's okay. Yeah. I like bubbly. Bubbly. Bubbly works well with modular. How about a noun? Bubbly death. Uh, dude, I'm, uh, yeah, all right. I can do this. I can do that. <laughs> I, I've been practicing on that for a while. <laughs> right on. Well, thanks again, Hank. Cool. And, yeah, uh, thank you for having me. Yeah, let's, let's get to know John. John McCoy. Yes. You, uh, I think you're one of the first people that got a hold of me when I was trying to get this going. Uh, yeah, I saw that post on Instagram and Logan or someone mentioned it. So, yeah, yeah I kind of figured. So, thanks for spearheading that. It was, that's you're welcome. Sweet. Yeah, I figured this would definitely be the spot to do it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's, it's really worked out great. Yeah. So, um, same question. A hard-hitting journalistic question. What's, what's, what's your deal? <laughs> um, <clears throat> well, I'm actually from here. I moved to Milwaukee about 20 years ago. And I was on, uh, we had a small label up there. So we were doing improv stuff in a music collective. Um, it was kind of more of a looser version of Godspeed. Okay. Um, so basically that's what we were, I was doing, plus some solo electronic uh, releases that were on that label as well. Um, and it just kind of fell into a hole of uh, doing other projects, got away from music for a little bit. And then uh, a few years ago, got back to the modular stuff because... I always kind of wanted to dabble into it, and the situation presented itself that I should. It was time to do it, so uh-huh. um, kind of got into that. That's when Modular Addict started up in Milwaukee. Logan showed up, and uh, we started kind of coalescing the scene up there because it was kind of the same thing down here as far as everyone doing their own thing and having like a bubble. Mm-hmm. Um, like there's a lot. Of, there's a noise scene up there, and like uh, a nice improv scene. But everyone was kind of doing their own thing, and so some of the music scenes that were starting to happen up there started, you know, mixing it up, and then everything started kind of coming together. So it's yeah, that's what kind of been up to. Okay, and you, so you work with uh, Modular Addict in doing like demos and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I'm not an official employee per se type right. of thing, but I yeah. I do videos for him or uh, I was helping Logan do um, we had like a monthly event for, um, on Wednesday or Tuesdays and I was doing all the live any live streams that were happening from the shop I was doing and stuff like that so okay yeah and you uh, recently started kind of beta testing for a, a company um, right yeah uh, they're called Starling it's my friends Jason and Will they're also in Milwaukee um, they were well, they just started designing it about a year or so ago, and it started out with just one um, module. And of course, they, like the, all the ideas started running away, and like yeah. all the alternate firmware started popping up like crazy. So uh, it's expanded. So um, yeah, so I just got some of their stuff just recently to kind of start doing demo videos, and it's kind of a paradigm shift a little bit. But their stuff is awesome. Yeah. I really dig it. It looks so, gorgeous. Yeah. It looks really um, cool. Because that was one of the things last time I was talking to Will, he's like, does it still seem like, will there be a learning curve? And I'm like, I can't tell anymore because I've just been using it so long. Yeah. I mean, I just, I know how to use it. I don't think there really will be, but I don't know. It's it's an awesome, um, there's some really cool stuff happening. So I think that kind of speaks, that, that kind of has an answer to that question within it. The fact that like, I mean, you're like, I, it, 
I don't know. The, not being able to tell might be the answer. Like, yeah, yeah. There, there isn't really a learning curve. Like, I once I figured it out. If it, that's how I felt about maths. Like, well, I'll never figure out maths. But well, um, I remember like when I first got um, the disting with the dot matrix in Mark III. Yeah. There was a certain moment I just wanted to chuck that thing out of the window. <laughs> I was like, this thing. I, I just couldn't figure out the sub menus. It was just annoying. And then once I figured out, it seemed so. I'm like. How was I not seeing that before? Yeah, yeah. And I felt like a dumbass. <laughs> um, but like with the Via stuff, it just seems like anything you do with it is there's always it's a good amount of happy accidents that come out of it. Mm-hmm. Like so, you're like I wasn't expecting that, but it sounds fucking awesome. So let's cut a loop of it or something. So you know, what do they focus on as far as like is it utility? Is it sound generation or it's that's the whole? It's a little bit of everything. Like the the. The voice is basically a v, you know, VCO where it could be used um, as an envelope generator, you know, complex LFOs type of stuff. But uh-huh. it's all based around wavetables. Okay. Um, that seems to be really, really in right now. Yeah. And the, the new wavetables in there, I, I guess that he was talking about using a script where he could take audio and it transfor- it takes the audio and makes a wavetable out of it. So, like, all the vocal wavetables in there are little John with his auto-tune. <laughs> There's some train <laughs> horns in it. Like, you can't tell that it's train horns, but when you're going through them, it's like this weird vocal stuff, and it's like, it's all little John. It's just, <laughs> just hilarious. I'm like, I, when he was demoing the stuff at, at Maseratic, I'm like, I thought he was just talking shit, you uh-huh. know, because it sounds vocal, and it sounds like a, you know, auto-tune, but he was, yeah, he was being serious. <laughs> so, um, just with that, it lends itself to just sounding different, because it, there's not t- other wavetables out there kind of like that, and it's... I mean, it's open source too, so you can kind of dick with it if you want. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. He's taken a lot of time to make the code look pretty, so it's easy to kind of manipulate and stuff if you want to. But that's that's just such a like an, an extension of the what I've noticed about the modular community and everybody I talk to. Like, no matter where they're from, it seems like it's the same thing. It's just like it's how open. There's like no rock star shit. There's no fucking ego shit. The open source thing. Everybody's just like, everybody's just down to clown. You know? Yeah. <laughs> they're very open to it. I mean, it, yeah, they're, yeah, that's, that's how their methos is, which is, I mean, it's kind of, that's what it seems like the whole, um, community is kind of like, you know, that's, that's what mutable was, you know, that's yeah. what I noticed right away. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it's cool. I like their stuff and it's just the fact that they're really into what they're building and, you know, I, I just I really appreciate what they're doing. Yeah, so. that's cool. Yeah. So we're getting close to time, but I'm just kind of I want to uh, ask you about like what type of music or sound do you try to chase down with modular, like um, genre, or is it just kind of all over the place? It, it sometimes it's all over the place. Um, lately, it's, I've been doing more rhythmic stuff. Uh, I wouldn't say it's techno, but I I like the four and the floor stuff, and then I'll just put goofy sounds over it. I'm a big uh, fan of like cluster and uh, some of the. Um, early German stuff or in, and mouse on Mars. So, um, but I usually just kind of just do all improv, um, and just see what happens. Um, it's very rare that I have some kind of compositional idea, which I do at times, but it's usually just improv. And if it sounds good, that's the way it is. And if it's not, um, I just kind of chuck it. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that's how yeah. it goes. Yeah. Um, I'm so hungover. I'm trying to be a better interviewer. <laughs> This is I'm day coming four. down off my coffee buzz already. Yeah, so it's yeah. Fine. <laughs> I gotta say, man, this is day four for us in in New Orleans, and uh, yeah, it's been pretty rough, but also very fun. Uh, so, yeah, thank you for joining us. And if Thanks. there's any, uh, what should people check out if they want to check out your music or Instagram or anything um, like that? The Instagram is Sound Unit. 
and then my um, the YouTube page that I post a lot of the modular stuff is Sound Units with a Z. So just one of those. Either Dude, one I of those. love spelling with a Z. Yeah, and I saw- I couldn't get just sound unit. Uh, like, like, why would someone just have that on YouTube for no reason? Like that's supposed to be mine. So right. anyway, so um, I. I'm super into the Z thing. It's mm-hmm. like wieners with a Z is the funniest thing in the world to me. Um, but we were walking it around. It weird with another S. I didn't like the, it was too weird with the, too, another S on the end. Yeah. So we were walking around um, the French Quarter, I think our first day, and I think my wife pointed it out, and there's a store called Vibes with two Z's. Oh, man. And that just fucking really? blew my mind <laughs> You're apart. like, I can yeah. die now, happy. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like like early 90s, like purple, shitty, like not shitty, I don't want to say shitty, it could be a cool store, I don't even know what it was, but <laughs> it was an out-of-date font, store. so yeah, it, it made it even cooler. So. <laughs> right on. <sighs> That's a good story. <laughs> right on, thanks again, John. And, uh, You're welcome, thank you. Yeah, let's, uh, I realized I probably should have had you patch first, but... Yeah, that's all right. But uh, yeah, let's talk to uh, let's talk to Brian. Danos, right? That's it. Right on. And your performance name is Velavada. Velavada, sweet. So, same question. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep keep it going. What's your deal? Which is my story. You know, I grew up playing music, horn, saxophone, clarinet. Uh, got into rock music, playing guitar in high school. Played in a bunch of bands. Um, was always much more of a uh, pedal guy than a good guitar player. <laughs> uh, fascinated <laughs> I think with the that's sound. how we all end. I was that too. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> fascinated with that. And then um, got into synthesizers and started a synth rock band. Um, receptionist suspected we played um, around here and um, did that for a number of years. Resisted modular as best as I could for a long time. I did too. I tried. Um, and then uh, one day a friend came over, Scott came over with this, uh, I think it was the Zurich Repeater, which is um, noise engineering's African rhythm generator. Oh, shit. Um, and it just blew my mind. I said, oh, my gosh. And uh, resistance was futile. And, yeah. <laughs> <right>? <laughs> Same I thing happened to me. In goes the module. So, <laughs> you know, that's, that's kind of how I got here. Right on. Um, so what kind of sounds do you chase down or, or genre or kind of what do you, I guess what do you get out of the whole thing? Yeah. So. I'm working on a, right, a record right now, which is, um, I, you know, I still love horns growing up. I'm mixing the New Orleans horns with the electronics. So yeah. I do a lot more sound processing with, with, uh, my modular system. I was going to ask about that. I really, um, I'll record stuff in Ableton, send it out and process it. And I like to describe it with people and they say, what is this? And I say, you know what guitar pedals are? Imagine if you had 10 hands and you could just move all the knobs at the same time. Uh (laughs) Yeah. Um, yeah. That's, that's the way I describe it to people. And they kind of think, okay, that kind of makes sense. Um, but that's, that's more of what I'm using it for. As you could probably see, I have a lot of effects in my, in my case. And, um, so I'm much more about the processing and coming up with using something that was played organically by a person, um, and running it through a system. Okay, right on. Do you ever uh, do you do much sampling of, of horns that you play or yes. anything like that? Or so I do do sampling. I I don't really. I, funnily enough, I, don't, I have a nebulae and I don't really use it for the sampling aspect. It's more the live sound process. But yeah, I do. I run. You know, I'll I'll play. I have a Wurlitzer. I'll play that through there or horns or bass or whatever. And so I'll just we'll run it through there. You can even set up a sequence and it, it just comes out totally different than you know, you could have ever imagined or thought of, uh-huh. uh, by just, you know, running it through, uh, a plugin or whatever. So have you tried to 
uh, kind of penetrate that scene that I was talking about earlier with Joey of like, you know, it seems like the electronic is very s- separated from what's going on as far as like New Orleans music goes. But is that, have you, have you attempted to get down into the French quarter and try to get with a jazz band or <laughs> no, do any weird jazz shit with um, it? Luckily enough on the album, I haven't done that. I haven't gone out live, but on the album I do have, I've been lucky to, um, you know, I've got some great friends that are more into that scene and I've got some amazing players to come in to play, Yeah, which is going to be interesting to me and so they've yes to answer your question not in a live sense but on the album i have yeah, yeah okay yeah, yeah the first right. day we we're walking around i'm seeing all these live musicians yeah. and i'm like you know on the street and i'm like i want to bring my modular out there and then yeah. today i realized like oh no that would be like everybody be like what the fuck is this i didn't come to new orleans <laughs> to hear fucking robots having sex yeah. but and i was like how could you how could you bridge that and i feel like this could be a really cool way to, to right. i think people would get a kick out of that um as long as you didn't go too uh, bleepy and blorpy from the first song, you can maybe get there at the I end. Ease but, them into it. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. Right. So, so are you from uh, you from New Orleans? I grew up here in New Orleans. Yeah, right stuck on. around, and um, yeah, it's a great town. We, you, like you, like Joey was saying, there is a lot of different musical scene. There's obviously the funk scene, the jazz scene, um, but there's a lot of people doing some interesting things here. So yeah. it's one of those. Uh, towns as you've seen probably in the last four days is getting more interesting right now when mardi gras comes but um uh it's it's a good town yeah we just went to the chewbacca's parade last night that was pretty intense yeah it was crazy um i think the 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 drag tauntaun riders might have been my favorite that was that was pretty good yeah Yeah. the pink chewbacca's what i've noticed about this town is it seems like so i i was talking with my uh my wife and friend about it yesterday like the, like the Northwest or the coast, there's like this, this kind of snobbery thing where like the thing that is going on in town or like the thing the town is known for, all the locals are like, nah, nah, and like want to leave town. And in Austin, everybody leaves, all the locals leave for South by. But it seems like here, all you guys are like, like Mardi Gras, right. which I didn't think would be the case. But right. like, what could you shine? I mean, I, I know you're just yes. one representation of that, but what's so it is an interesting town in that I think not many of us, you guys, not many of us go to Bourbon Street often, but there are parts of town like Frenchman Street and where, where Chewbacca's the parade was that mm-hmm. I think we all go and we enjoy it. We enjoy the party aspect and the creative aspect, as you saw how creative the, yeah. the outfits and the floats are. Um, I think that's something we take pride in here. And, okay. um, doing something artistic and doing something that's an expression of who you are is very important to people here in New Orleans. And we're not snobs about it at all. We, you know, we love it just as much as everybody else. If nobody came, we would still be doing it. Right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Actually, I have another question about New Orleans uh, based off of a weird observation. So we got into our, our Uber from the airport it was a, it was an older gentleman in this you know almost sixties probably, and he was listening to some like really dated like top forty stuff and no big deal it's right. a you know it's an older guy every single place i've been to except disco obscura um every every ride i've taken every business i've gone into hasn't played anything outside of top forty and past two thousand five I was in a bar. In the French Quarter and fucking TLC No Scrubs, the oh, video was yeah, playing. Yes. Like, where does that even happen anymore? Like, is there a channel that just like so? Is and I was I was kind of like thinking, why would that be? And it seems like here you guys are so much more into the experience of being there and seeing the live like seeing things live and maybe like is just listening to music outside of a live situation for most people here not really as much of a 
an aspect of their life or something? I don't know. I was trying to figure that out. The live aspect is definitely very super important. But um, no, I I think uh, Bourdain once said is one of the, he found it funny that this town that parents listen to something and the kids, it's the only place where he's found the kids listen to the same thing the parents do. So like I love the meters, but my father liked the meters too. You know, we, we appreciate, you know, Alan Toussaint and the, and some of the some of the out, um, the great musicians out of New Orleans and we're kind of stuck in this world of um, that I don't know if the rest of the country um, knows about all these artists that are really New Orleans artists that we take pride in we again we take pride in what we have here yeah so, and yeah. that's so that's like more to my point I figured yeah. there'd be more of that on the radio yeah I, I but don't, I don't know we WWOZ or we walked stations, by yeah. two places in how can I say this. The song Intergalactic by Beastie Boys is only so long, right? right? right, right. We walked by it. We walked by a place and Intergalactic was playing. And I like looked at Justin, my friend, and I was like, hey, dude, look, 1998. Yeah. You know, not even in the 2000s. We got like four minutes down the road and it was already halfway through the song. Another fucking place, Intergalactic. And I know it was, so it was like two different people that maybe they texted each other like are you pu- yeah. you're gonna play intergalactic yeah i just finished all right cool i'll do it too we're like, just we're just stuck in the 90s here so. <laughs> we also saw this like el camino with um some weird like you know those like kind of like hydraulic hatch uh, yeah. like plastic hatches that go down on their beds it was up and like i think it had a mirror in it and these two like 50 year old dudes are driving it and uh they were like uh, it was Chucky and the Bride of Chucky dolls, like laying down, like with guns. <laughs> you have, they're just blasting fucking music, so yeah. fucking loud. Yeah. And like, what? Why? Why are they doing that? Why? There's not? no advertising. <laughs> and I think that's the. That's what I'm why noticing. Not? The attitude is like, why fucking not? <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's been uh, it's been an awesome experience, and it's been really interesting. And uh, yeah, and thanks again, you guys, for doing this. Um, where can people go and find your stuff? Or yeah, so I'm at Velavada on Instagram, and um, when the album comes out, it'll be probably on Bandcamp and all that. So right later, on. Th- later this year. So okay, well, let's get some adjectives and nouns for you, and all then right. maybe we'll start listening to some of these patches yeah. that we made and why you build that. So <laughs> audience, adjective. Precarious. Oh shit. Noun. Precarious weasel. (laughs) All right. So, um, John, should we get you hooked up and play? Let's do it. All right. Let's check out John McCoy's slippery pasta.
I grabbed the mic. Oh, we're coming out. I didn't realize. <laughs> I didn't hear it from there that we were coming over the speakers. So slippery pasta. Um, I, what was going through your mind when you heard those words and you were trying to patch? And how weird is it to patch in front of people in headphones while another person's being interviewed? That was kind of weird because I don't. <laughs> I'm kind of anal about noise, so I felt kind of. That's why I was trying to do it quick and quietly. I didn't want to interrupt. So, um, <laughs> as far as the the slippery thing, I was trying to. F- I initially had something patched up to kind of uh, instead of a uh, the SQ one popping off the the oscillator, something more of a envelope, and then I kind of got away from that and I forgot about that. So I started with the SQ one, but I was trying to use one of the other vias to modulate some stuff to kind of give it like a more of a up and down or yeah, I don't know. It's just that was the one thing I kind of thought about when you said something, the person said something about being slippery. So, and then using the, the pitching in the, um, the clouds kind of helped with that, just kind of accentuate or accentuate that. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what was going on. So, um, do you usually patch quickly or it was this a foreign experience? No, there's, <clears throat> there's times where I will try to patch quickly. Um, when I was really into using Photoshop years ago, I would sit down every morning and say, all right, I'm going to give myself 45 minutes to come up with this thing. And I would download like, or have like five images and say, I got 45 minutes to fuck with this shit and uh-huh. see what comes out. So I do the same thing with the modular sometimes where I'll just unpatch it completely and pat- patch something within five minutes or something and then unpatch it and then just keep doing that over and over again for an hour or so. Okay. Um, so it's... It, no, it's not. I mean, I, that's what I try to do sometimes or just for a different exercise. Okay. You know, because then it's like speech as you're not thinking about the moves. You're just almost, you know, like in Star Wars where Luke Skywalker had the, the helmet on. He couldn't see what, you know, with the, uh-huh. the saber. It's kind of like that. You're just kind of going with it instead of like actually thinking about the destination or, you know, you just, uh-huh. you, you, I want to start doing it almost like muscle memory. Just, yeah. So, yeah. Well, yeah. right on. It was great. And I got to ask, was Lil John in there anywhere? Um, I don't think I was using that wave table. I don't know what wave. I mean, by the time that Via was going through everything, it was kind of hard to tell what uh, <laughs> what wave table I was on. So, um, yeah, he, okay. he may have been. So, <laughs> yeah, I guess I should have yeah, kind of brought that. that in just for the hell of it. So, all right. Well, thanks for that. Let's yep. uh, let's check out Hank's uh, patch. Because it uh, because it doesn't exactly sound like bubble death, so so I, so I have to <laughs> give everyone uh, uh, a little bit of imagination to, to go to go along with it. Uh, no, so uh, it's going to start uh, is like the death portion, like meant to be a little bit darker, uh, and then I hope to to move to the bubble portion. Okay. So you, you're not going to get them both at first, but hopefully through the whole experience. We will have bubble and death. And how do you feel about the time limit? And I felt, just doing it in front of people. Um, it was so like I practiced 15 minutes and it was like t- way harder. Like yeah. <laughs> doing it in front of people. Like 15, I was like 15 minutes is not enough time. So yeah, I want everybody to keep in mind if you don't know how these work or um, if you don't really know how like the concept behind them. It can take hours to get something musical out of these, and uh, sometimes when you start patching, like a lot of the times when I'm doing stuff, I'll start building one, and I'll just tear it completely apart, and I'll do that three or four times. So to do this 
with a time constraint, one shot in front of people, I gotta tip my hat to all you guys. It's super brave, and, and thank you. Um, let me get armed to record, and we'll sure. check it out. All right, here is Hank Yates with Bubble Death.
All right, let's check out Brian Danos's. Is that how you pluralize Danos? Well, here's Brian's precarious weasel. I just want to say, all three of you guys, I'm blown away. These were awesome patches, um, and not just for making them in 15 minutes in in front of people. So, yeah, uh, really great stuff. So, Precarious Weasel? Precarious Weasel. That was tough. (sighs) Yeah. (laughs) 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 Kind of lurking. I was thinking lurking was the the word that came to mind. Okay, yeah, I could hear lurking in that, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, what was the weasel? 
Well, the lurking weasel. Okay. He's, he's like around the corner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was quite the challenge, yeah. I, I have to say. Um, how did you feel about patching in front of people? I was, it was good. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of weird. The time constraint is interesting because, like you said, you normally spend hours on these things. But um, yeah, I think it's good to have a, a constraint. Yeah. And I, I found, like, when I started the show, um, I had done one. 15 minute challenge and I got like 30 episodes in before I realized like I'm making these people do something that I'm not even doing so I'm trying I'm I'm trying to, to try to I started like a Facebook group and uh, trying to encourage like listeners to build their patches based off of the episode and I try to do that when I have time as well and I found that it's actually a really good exercise to kind of start training for what John was talking about is kind of like the muscle memory, the Luke Skywalker right. can't see the, the laser bolts thing. So, right. yeah. Man, that was gorgeous. Thank you so much. Thanks. And Thank uh, we technically have another guest that's not here yet. I don't, I don't think he's going to make it. Um, so I'll just set up my patch. Now, I patched this earlier today, so I didn't do it in front of people, and I didn't do it in 15 minutes. I did try to do it quickly because I was horrendously hungover. So I'm... <laughs> I'm going to call this horrendous hangover and um, to add kind of my, my own handicap to this um, of not having to do it in front of you guys is I kind of forgot what it is and what it even sounds like. And now I'm just going to have to turn it up and start playing it. So yeah, so horrendous hangover. That's what I'm going to call it. <laughs>
Well, listener, thank you for going on that journey with me. It was a lot of fun. And thanks again to Joey at Disco Obscura and all of my wonderful guests, John McCoy, Brian Danos, and Hank Yates. Uh, don't forget to check out all of their music online and their Instagram profiles and the whatnot. Also, don't forget to sign up for uh, your subscription to Waveform Magazine. Um, please check out Patchworks.com. And if you get something from Patchworks, let me know what it is. I want to see what you guys are picking up. They've got some cool stuff. Um, check out recoveryeffects.com. Check out afterlateraudio.com, aisynthesis.com, and uh, if you're wanting to get into some pedals, uh, Earthquaker Devices has some pretty, pretty amazing stuff. So uh, I think that's all I got. Until next week.